This is Business of Glam, a podcast designed to be your resource to get you through even the most unglamorous times in business. And I'm your host, Lindsay Wilson, the queen of all things glam. All right, guys. So today I really wanted to talk about how to deal with imitation, continuing to want to share your ideas with people, with networking and creating, and how to really make your staff a part of your team, all while protecting your secret sauce. So they say imitation's the best form of flattery, but I don't know if the person that started that quote had ever been imitated because nothing is more irritating than when you see something that you created in your mind, like being put out there. But at the same time, we all kind of take from different things that we see and start to create and market and it kind of sparks an idea. So there's always some kind of like similarity out there to other things. It's just hard to see when it's your little baby that you've decided to kind of grow. Like when we decided to start our Facebook Live, Beauty and Bubbles, we started seeing all sorts of things come out. Um, Some girl I knew started doing something in Bubbles, I can't remember, which it is a catchy name and it's not like I coined that term, but I should. Um, But it's kind of one of those things like how do you just keep moving forward, continuing to want to create? So something that I always remind myself is that they're not you. And so whether they take your formula that you've been using, um, you've done all of the legwork for certain people. If you've like put yourself out there in some way, shape or form, you're going to continue to want to create and you're going to always think of ways to make it better. For example, just going back to Beauty and Bubbles, that Facebook Live, we have like created so much more like content and kind of it has evolved a little bit. And if you look from our first episode to where we are now, it's completely night and day. So and I want it to continue to get better. So those people that often are just going in and stealing your ideas and waiting for you to create the next idea, they're not going to go as far as you do. It's kind of like the thing of, you put all of your hard work into something, it's going to end up getting you successful in the end. And if you're just out there stealing material from other people and not using your brain and your mojo and putting in the hard work, you're not going to end up as far as the other person is. So I think one of the things, again, you have to remind yourself is not to take it personally. Do look at it as a form of flattery. I know that it's always easy to get pissed off because I, we were just in a networking group recently and um, an influencer is in my networking group and she was talking about how somebody is like stealing the same, they were using the same filters that they use, same hashtag. They were just kind of stealing their entire look of their um, Instagram and how irritating that was because it was something that they had really like worked on to get to where they wanted it to be. And again, it's just kind of reminding yourself that they can't steal your ideas that are in your brain and you're going to be constantly creating and they're going to have to wait for you to have the next big idea. Um, And it's oftentimes not done any better than what what you're doing. So if you're going to imitate, like at least take it out and like have a do it better than the person that's doing it originally. Um, Staffing you know, if it's the person down the street or your staff member that's stealing your ideas from you, it's really hard. And I always teeter on this. It's like a very fine line is 
sharing so much with your staff and giving them that secret sauce and like really giving them the insight to it. There are so many times that I'm like, when they leave here, they're going to have so much more information on how to run a business, what to do with marketing, have all of this clientele, like you're kind of leaving them in a better place. And I always have to check myself and remind myself, that's how I want them to leave. I want them saying, we use the best spray tan solution. We use the best product. She had the best ideas. And I want them to steal my ideas from there. Because again, I'm going to always be constantly creating. So what they got was like the 1.5 version and you're going to be the 2.0 version. And we always have to remind ourselves that there's enough to go around. So there are enough clientele, there's enough staff, there's enough people. And so I think sometimes we get into a scarcity mindset and we forget to look at kind of the world in a prosperity mindset. And we, when you're thinking like they're going to steal everything, they're going to have all of our clients, they're going to do X, Y, and Z, you're looking from a scarcity mindset instead of looking at it as a prosperity prospect. You know, you lose clients every day and we all struggle and we all want to hold on to clients every day, but there's always a new one that pops in. So if they're chasing another staff member that you had that left, if they're leaving to go to the salon down the street, it's probably not because they copied your marketing plan. It's more so some other issue, something else that's going on if it's even just proximity to their house. Um, so you always want to share info and you want to get your staff involved. And I always love to have my staff's buy-in on what we're going to do for marketing, what we're going to do for promotions. And you have to share kind of where you're coming from. But I think there are ways of like not giving everything away. So you can give advice. You can kind of put it in their, um, in their path to kind of take and create the way that they want to create it. And so you can definitely share things without giving it all away. But remember that you're always going to be creating and to challenge yourself to always be creating and moving forward and different ways to market and to grow your clientele without feeling like you're giving everything away. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about how you get into this crazy world of beauty. If it's that you're graduating cosmetology school or you're looking to just Find something you're passionate about and beauty's it. You may think starting cosmetology school might be that first step and graduating school is the end-all be-all and you know everything there is to know about the industry. Um, I often get asked this question um, by clients that maybe are really interested in changing careers and maybe getting out of banking and back into um, like starting a beauty bar. Um, type concept. And so what does that all entail? I often get asked um, if you need to have like some kind of beauty licensure. So a cosmetology license, nail tech license, what have you. And I definitely don't think that's a bad idea to have. And I think it also depends oftentimes of what state you're in, but you definitely need to have a business license to operate. Um, and when you're in cosmetology school, Sorry, I'm saying cosmetology school because I hate the word beauty school. It always reminds me of Greece and beauty school dropout. Um, but where do you kind of go from there? So I know whenever I was in cosmetology school many, many moons ago, 
I cried probably every single day um, after that first week. And I knew this really wasn't for me. I was good at it. And I, my mom always brings up about how my instructors were like, oh, she's the best. She's so great at cutting. She's so, but it just wasn't for me. It didn't give me passion and it didn't light like me on fire. So I remember thinking to myself like two weeks in of, this isn't really for me and I really don't want to do hair or nails, but I would definitely own a salon or some kind of beauty business sometime in the future. And it kind of just like went to the wayside and I was thinking of other ways that I could use that licensure for many, many years. My mom used to tease me and say that they paid all of this money for me to get a discount on shampoo, which I was very thankful for. Um, (laughs) but I think it just depends on finding that passion. So I think really looking at cosmetology school as kind of kindergarten, if you will, and it teaches you those basics, just kind of like anything in the world. If you went to college, you graduated from, uh, with a PhD or whatever it is, it doesn't mean that you're ready to go in and start operating on people. You're going to go through training and you're going to go through other aspects to kind of learn what you're doing for your career choice. So I think a lot of times hairdressers or nail decks think like, this is it. And I don't need to challenge myself anymore. And I don't need to continue to learn. And it's just kind of those ABCs, those basics of, um, of how to do hair, how to do nails, how to run a business. I know that there was like a small chapter of like how to run a business. Um, And it's hard to run a business and be behind a chair. So again, finding that passion when you're graduating school, is it more of a business aspect or do you love clientele and you want to be behind the chair? Because it's really hard to do both. I think also something that sets the beauty industry apart is booth renting. And so booth renting really has changed the game of just owning a salon. You're kind of your own boss. You definitely have that hustle. You're having to get your own clients in the door. You're not having somebody doing marketing for you. You definitely learn kind of some ins and outs of running a business, but I do have to admit, and I know that I'm probably going to get some shit for this, but it's different than owning your own business. And it drives me bonkers whenever people are like, oh, I own my own salon. And really it's a booth rental. And not that I'm trying to discredit your hustle any more than my hustle. It's just different. You have to look at it from overhead point of view, staffing. Um, so there's just so much more that goes into owning a salon where you're staffing people or even booth renting to people. So I think it's kind of deciding like what's going to make you passionate and is it working for somebody and believing in their brand and growing their business, being behind a chair, seeing clientele and really growing your clientele and really growing that? Or is it being your own boss and setting your own hours and or owning your own salon and like really kind of creating and having staff. I'm not behind a chair. So my kind of, I, but I love people and I love doing that kind of portion of things. So instead of getting to do their hair, it's chatting with them, seeing what they're up to in the world, what they're, what's happening. And there's such a great connection that hairdressers and beauty providers get to have that other industries don't. We get to touch and feel and talk to these people in ways that 
you don't necessarily walk into any other business and get touched by somebody and it's normal. It's natural. It's natural for you to walk into a hair salon and sit down into a chair and have somebody start playing with your hair, touching your hair, touching you in intimate ways that you don't let other people touch you. So there's definitely like a certain aspect to that and being behind a chair. So I think it's trying to find what you're passionate about. For those of you looking to just change career paths and maybe beauty is something that you've always been interested in and you really want to have your own beauty bar or your own hair salon, I don't think necessarily that you have to be in hair school or have gone to hair school to understand it, but I think you have to have an understanding of what it takes to be behind a chair. So you can't just look at it from a business aspect because there's so much personal that goes into somebody creating a look and it's definitely an artistry and you have to understand their artistic kind of pattern and how they're going to come up with that look and how they're communicating with their clients, how they're doing their consultation. And so I think there's so much more that goes into it that if you're just looking at it from a business standpoint and not a passion standpoint and really getting to know like what it is to be a hairstylist or an artist in a beauty salon, then you're not really going to get it. And you're probably going to be really frustrated with your staff members that you have on, on team. Um, so I think just understanding that artistic ability that they have and, We've all been to hairdressers. We've all been to get our nails done. We've all done those things and we know what we personally really like and what has turned us off from other providers. So I think having that and having a passion for beauty and what it all entails and really running a team is what it would take to own a beauty bar and not necessarily just going to hair school or some kind of beauty school. Um, I also think just from like a graduating standpoint, I think it's really important to learn that you, the difficulty it is to be behind a chair and run the business aspect of things just because it's a creative industry doesn't mean that there's bills that don't need to be paid. There's not marketing that needs to happen. Phones need to be answered front desk and support staff need to be managed. You need ordering for color. And not only are you doing it for just yourself, you're now doing it for a team of people. So I have nine people that I have to get inventory under control and have somebody take charge of that because you can't do everything in your salon. You're going to have to delegate out to certain people, especially if you don't have a salon manager and somebody that can kind of run that for you. You're going to have to rely on your support staff and your stylist to kind of get that under control for you. So hopefully that helps you navigate the beauty industry a little bit better. Thanks again for listening to Business of Glam. If you can't just get enough of us, be sure to check us out on businessofglam.com and all of our social media sites. If you're in the Denver area, stop by and say hi. Have a glass of bubbles at Glamour Bar Denver. Always check us out on Beauty and Bubbles Live every Tuesday at 7.30. We look forward to having you join us next week. But either way, we'll be popping bottles and talking the business of glam. Until next time. 
stay glam. Bye. <laughs> that was lame. <laughs>